Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Well, this morning, as I've mentioned, we are continuing our series based on the cost that we've called the cost of living, recognising that we are all facing challenging times at the moment, um, but also Jesus had a lot to say about money. And so we're looking and thinking about how can we trust and honour God with our finances, not just in a cost of living crisis, but as we follow Jesus as his disciples as well. And throughout this, we're going to be jumping around the Bible. So you might want to get a copy of your Bible with you or to be able to look it up on your phone or whatever. Um, But the word of the Lord is new every morning. And so today we're going to look at the same passage that we started at looking at last week. Um, or the the feeding of the 5,000, for those of you who weren't here. Um, Although we're not going to look at John's gospel, we're going to look at Mark's gospel instead this week. And uh, then we're going to listen to some words from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and I'll be taking us around other bits of the Bible as we go through as well. But before we go any further, let's pray that God will be speaking to us as we look at his word this morning, and then we will... uh, Uh, spend some time looking at the blessing of scarcity together. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is new every morning, that you always have new things that you want to reveal to us and say to us as your people. And so Lord, as we look at this, uh, at, at, at this time, I'll spend this time looking at your word together now. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would be speaking to us, that you would be leading us, that you would be guiding us, and that you would help us to tackle this, man, this subject area of money wisely, and that you would help us to, show, uh, to trust you with all of our finances and to honor you in the way that we use them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bible with you, we're going to start off in Mark chapter 6 verses 35 to 44, and hopefully the words will pop up on the screen as we go through as well, and then we'll jump down to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 in a few moments' time. But first of all, Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 35. By this time, it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, it would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the the people also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. 
and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. And then going down to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we're going to start at verses 1 to 5 and then jump through to verses 8 to 9 together. So the Apostle Paul writes this, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. And then jumping down to verse 8, we hear Paul continue, I am not commanding you. But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich." A couple of weeks ago, we began this new series, and uh, we recognized that money is a big topic for all of us at the moment, and it was also a big topic for Jesus as well. As we heard about a couple of weeks ago, there are more references in the Bible about money than there are about prayer. It's a significant topic and one that we need to get our heads around as we seek to follow Jesus and are faithful to doing so. So in this series, we're going to be looking throughout the Bible and, continue, and considering how we honor God and trust him with our finances. None of us can get away with, with, from money. We all face this cost of living. If you want to go and get something for lunch today, you need to be able to go and pay for that lunch. But hopefully this series will help us to be able to manage our money well and the cost of living well and to do so in a way that enables us to honor God with it. Now, if you missed that message that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, it was money, money, money. We all got our Abba on um, a couple of weeks ago. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it again. If you missed it, you can catch it on YouTube. You can find it on our church podcast. It's all very um, technology-centered. If you podcasts are too high tech for you, you can go and find it on our church website. But this series is ultimately a building block series. It starts from building on the previous weeks as we make our way through. So last week, um, or last time, we were talking about the power of money. We considered how ultimately our fundamental attitudes towards money and the battleground of our hearts the battleground between giving our hearts to Jesus and giving our hearts to our money. And ultimately, that it's one thing to have money in our heads, but we should never let money have control of our hearts. 
But today I want to build on this a little bit further as we explore together the blessing of scarcity. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I think if I did a survey here and just about everywhere, um, these political polls, polls are always really good and, and accurate. I think it would be fairly safe to say that probably 99 to 100% of the population would never say, if only I had less money. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say that, um, but it seems to me that people always could do with more money. The American author Zig Ziglar said this, money isn't the most important thing in life, but it's reasonably close to oxygen on the I've got to have it scale. And a Greek philosopher, I can't even say it, Greek philosopher said that wealth consists not in having great possessions, but having few wants. Money gives us the opportunity to satisfy the desires of our hearts and the things that bless us in our lives. Money has the power to give us many of the desires of our hearts. But once we have all that our hearts desires, what happens is we often find that our hearts then want something else instead. It is a travesty that in all that the world has been through over the last few years, that the rich seem to have got richer and the poor seem to have got poorer. Because ultimately, no matter how much money you have in the bank, there's always room for more. So whilst multimillionaires get richer, many of us are left in this cost of living crisis, recognizing just how scarce money can be. When something is scarce in supply, it then becomes more precious to us. A few years ago, uh, for us as a family, money was really, really tight. We would often feel uncomfortable about going out and spending 10 pounds um, because money was that tight. We really had to manage our money wisely and sensibly. And sometimes we go and spend an evening with friends who had a bit more disposable income than us, and they talk about how they'd spend £100 or £200 just because they wanted to give something a try. And we looked at our, our, our finances and recognized the scarcity of our money and could never imagine spending that much money so freely because it was so precious to the little that we had was precious to us. When money is scarce, it becomes more valuable, but it also becomes more significant. As a church, there are loads of things that we want and that we need to do to get, uh, as, we're, as we seek to love and to serve Jesus in this uh, community here. And on Tuesday, this is one of the things we're going to be talking about at our church members meeting together. And these things that we want to do are all good things. But realistically, like all of us, financially, we can't afford to do everything that we want or that we need to do. And I'm sure some of us will be recognizing some of those choices that we have to make with our finances as well, because money is scarce. I'm sure we've all heard on the news the horrendous choices that people, thankfully, won't hopefully have to be making today, but certainly in the autumn will be having to make between whether they eat or whether they heat their homes, whether they get something to keep themselves alive, 
or whether they get the heating on to be able to be comfortable enough to be able to stay in their own house. No one wants money to be scarce. But today I want to say that it is in this place of scarcity that God so often shows up. When we have an abundance of cash, we don't need God. If Jesus turned up to talk to the crowd with a lorry load of bread and fish that uh, day out on the hillside in our, that we heard in our reading together this morning, I'm pretty sure that we wouldn't have got to see the miraculous power and wonder of who Jesus was in the same way. Oh, of course Jesus fed 5,000 people. He brought an Arctic lorry full of bread with him. Of course he could feed 5,000 people. When money is tight we have the opportunity to see the wonderful, miraculous power of God at work. It's the blessing of scarcity. So this morning, if you're feeling the pinch of the cost of living crisis, I want to encourage you to be on the lookout for what God is doing. Because as we were reminded last week, as we gathered together with the children and young people of our church, just a little bit of faith with God, can work miracles with just whatever we have that we're able to offer to him. So this morning, we're going to take a few moments to consider how this lack of money, how scarcity of money might be a blessing to us today. And scarcity can be a blessing because it enables us to see Jesus more clearly. If food hadn't have been in short supply, Jesus feeding the 5,000 out in the countryside would probably not be the famous story that we all know and love today. But because of its scarcity, because there was no, not enough bread and fish to go around, we got to see the miraculous power of Jesus at work. And what is true then out on that hillside 2,000 years ago is also true for us today. Scarcity enables us to be able to see Jesus more clearly too. It is through scarcity that Jesus guides us, that he refines our ideas and leads us in the way that he wants us to go. For the last 12 months as a church, we've been looking at the way in which we can serve and minister and love young people here in this community. And as we've been talking to people, the feedback has been outrageously positive. Everyone we've spoken to said, we love the idea. We want to see that happen. This is really exciting. We'd love to see this happen in our community. But as of yet, over the last 12 months, nothing has happened. And the reason nothing has happened is because we don't yet have any money to be able to put the project into uh, action. Some people might have thought, well, that's 12 months of wasted time. Well, surely we could have been just got on with it. If we only we had enough money, we could have just got on with it. But the truth is that over those last 12 months, that time has been hugely valuable. During that period, over that, those last 12 months, we've spoken to more and more people and they've shared their advice and we've listened to what they've shared with us and that's refined our ideas further. And now, when God does provide the money, which we're hoping and praying that he might do in just a few months' time, 
I am even more confident that this initiative will be even stronger and even more of a blessing for our community because it's been refined as we've waited for God to provide what we, are, were, what we need. It is through scarcity that Jesus guides us and that Jesus refines us. Scarcity also promotes creativity. It engages us and gets us involved in finding innovative solutions to the problems that we face. Many of you might be looking at an app or, or a Bible app on your phone today um, as we look at these passages together. And the app that probably most of us are looking at the Bible on today, in fact, didn't start with a huge, massive investment of resources plowed into it. In fact, when they first started it, they started it as a website, and it was a massive failure. It didn't go anywhere. But then the, team, the small team of people who got involved in it, and when I say small team of people, it was about one guy and then a 17-year-old kid, I think, um, got together and they got creative. They heard that the app store was coming out, so they repackaged the Bible app as an app instead. And now that app has been downloaded over half a billion times. Not because of a huge amount of investment, but because they got creative and God led them in that process. The Bible is clear. God is the God who provides. He is Jehovah Jireh. Time and time again throughout the Bible, we see the provision, the, the, sorry, the provision is part of his character. His provision for his people will never change. It's who God is. He is the God who provides. So if you are experiencing scarcity this morning, if there is something on your heart that you're longing for today, let me ask you this question. What is God showing you whilst you wait for him to provide? How might the scarcity give you clarity? How might this time of scarcity be a blessing to you? Maybe God wants to give you the clarity of perspective. Maybe the things that are really passionately on your heart are not the same things that are passionately on God's heart. And maybe he wants to develop and refine you so that what you're longing for is what he's longing for, and then he'll provide for what you, are lo for what you need. Maybe he wants you to depend on him more. If you're getting frustrated with the lack of God's provision, have you come to him and asked him for what you need? Have you come to him in prayer? Have you acknowledged your dependence upon him? Do you see and recognize him as the God who provides and therefore come to him and asked? Recently, uh, Richard, our church treasurer, uh, was speaking to a group of us church leaders about our church finances. And as he spoke, he said one of the most profound and encouraging statements that I've heard any church treasurer say. And no, it wasn't we've got loads of money and it wasn't Matt, we're giving you a pay rise. Uh, instead, Richard came to me and said, the issue is, Matt, that the expectations and the hopes of our church have grown and our finances haven't grown with them. 
And I said, that's great. That's a great problem to have because we're recognizing that all the things we're hoping for, all the things we long for God to do in this place, they cannot be done in our strength alone. Our plans, our dreams are bigger than anything we could achieve on our own. So instead, we're going to depend on Jesus and we're going to put his, our faith in him and not in our bank balance. The blessing of scarcity is that it gives us the opportunity to see Jesus more clearly. Scarcity also gives us the opportunity to put our faith into action. It's easy to trust God when you have a lot. It's much harder to trust him when you don't have a lot. But faith is seen when we are dependent on God alone. Giving to God is a lot easier when you know that you've got enough money left over at the end of the month to pay all the rest of the bills. There have been times in our life, that time when we were struggling to spend £10 we weren't expecting to spend, we were struggling with the gift of giving. It was, it was a step of faith to keep giving to God when we didn't know whether we were going to have enough to get by at the end of the month. But we continued to give in faith. One day Jesus was sat in the temple and he saw rich people queuing up to give their offerings to the temple. And these were giving, these guys weren't just dropping a tenner here or a tenner there. They were saying, look at me. Here's a nice big chunk of cash given into the treasury. Look how good and sacrificial and holy I am because I'm giving big extravagant gifts to God. But Jesus then looks and he sees a widow. And this poor, lowly widow takes two small copper coins in the offering. And Jesus says this of that widow, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Faith isn't about how much we give, but rather about how much we keep back for ourselves. Faith involves letting go and going all in for Jesus. It's because of this that scarcity is the breeding ground of faith. Where there is, or when there is scarcity, we have to recognize our own lack of power. We have to put our faith in God, in the God who is Jehovah Jireh, who is the God who provides. Our plans to know and make known the hope and life of Jesus here in this community are completely impossible on our own. But as a church who knows that we are not on our own, we're going to step forward in faith. We're not going to step back in fear and anxiety about how little money we might have or whether it's possible or this, that or the other. But instead, we can step forward in faith, confident that we're not alone, that Jesus will provide, confident that our dreams and our hopes can be bigger than our finances because our God is our provider. It is only by embracing scarcity 
that we are able to step out in faith. Otherwise, ultimately, we're just trusting our money. We're trusting our own resources. We're trusting our own abilities. And that's not what faith is. Scarcity is the breeding ground of faith. If you are feeling the cost of living crisis, please can I encourage you to continue to put your trust in God today. Can I continue to depend on him, put your faith in him, go all in for him. And as you put your faith in him, I assure you that you will be blessed by him. As where we have faith, God never fails. As we draw to a close, I want to just spend a few minutes looking at five really practical tips that can help us to experience and sustain this blessing of scarcity being made um, real in our lives as we put our faith in Jesus. And the first of these is to not worry. Jesus tells us to not worry. And I know that that is easier said than done. I know that when prices are going up, when incomes are going down, it's only natural to worry. But when you're feeling anxious, let me encourage you to listen to these words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6, where he says this, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Our God will provide. He is the God who provides. I know it's easier said than done, but we don't need to worry. The second tip is to, don't, is to not hoard. And it sounds pretty logical, doesn't it? To embrace the blessing of scarcity, we, need to, we can't embrace scarcity with a hoard of cash over in the background. We have talked about not putting our barns above our hearts a couple of weeks ago, but hoarding and storing up security for ourselves will ultimately lead to us missing out on the blessing of putting our faith in God. As the writer of the Proverbs, of Proverbs tells us, uh, people curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Next, we give, uh, uh, next we're in, uh, the Bible encourages us to give what we have. We need to let go in order to see things grow. Again, we talked about that last week. The widow's faith that we heard about earlier in Mark chapter 12 grew as she let go of those two copper coins. May we too be willing to let go of what we have that we might see the blessing of scarcity as we put our faith in Jesus. And we also need to remain generous. In our second reading uh, that we heard at the start this morning, we heard Paul say to the church, or writing to the church in Corinth. Now to give you a little context here, the church in Jerusalem was incredibly poor and people there were in dire need of help. 
And Paul praised the church in Macedonia for they gave as much as they're able, he writes, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with, with for the privilege of sharing in this, sacri- in this service to the Lord's people. Even when resources were scarce, the Macedonian church gave even beyond their ability to give. Why? Because it was a blessing for them to stand with God's people. It was a blessing for them to be generous to those in need. And we too need to remain generous. But finally, and most importantly, we need to maintain an attitude of gratitude for what we have received through Jesus. As Paul continued his letter to the Corinthian church, he wrote this, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Even when we are at our poorest, when we have no money, when the bills are piling up in the middle of a cost of living crisis, the good news is that we, each one of us, are still rich because we are rich in Christ. There is a difference between being poor and being broke. You might not have any money. You might be broke. But if you've encountered Jesus, if you've encountered the love that he has lavished upon your life, you can never be poor, for we are all rich in Christ. In his grace, he loved us. In his grace, he gave his all for us. In his grace, he has blessed us beyond any blessings that we could ever imagine. He has defeated the power of death. His goodness has won. He's given us all hope. He gave us life and life in all its fullness. When it comes to money, we can so easily find ourselves thinking more, more, more. But often before God gives us the blessing of more, Jesus wants us to recognize the blessing of scarcity. There is nothing wrong with more. There's nothing wrong with Jesus and God blessing us. But it is through the scarcity when we often see the blessings of God most clearly. So regardless of our financial situations, may we continue to embrace that blessing of scarcity that each one of us might see Jesus more and more clearly. May we step out in faith. May we depend on Jesus, our provider, even when we're unable to depend on our own finances. And through it all, may we always know that each one of us is rich in Christ because through his poverty, we have become rich. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you that you are Jehovah Jireh, you are our provider, that time and time again, 
you have provided for your people and you have never disappointed. And so, Lord, we pray again that you will continue to provide for our needs. And we place our trust and we place our faith in you. Lord, we pray for those areas of scarcity in our own lives, in our church's life, in our community's life. And Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us in those spaces. Would you guide us and refine us to use the resources that we have wisely? Help us to put our faith in you and trust in you. And throughout it all, might we know that whilst we may be broke, whilst we may face financial challenges, we can never be poor. Because of Jesus, we are rich. He has blessed us beyond all measure. And Lord, we pray that we will continue to praise you for each blessing that he has unveiled in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.